Welcome to the Kim Doyle Show, where I believe business should be fun. Creating, marketing, and mastering your craft is as much about the day-to-day as it is about the big wins and even the epic fails. In this podcast, we're going to talk about all things content marketing, digital marketing, a little bit of mindset, and how to just show up by creating an online business and income that fits your lifestyle. Hey, what is up? Welcome to another episode of the Kim Doyle Show. I, of course, am Kim Doyle, and oh my god, I'm excited, you guys. I am literally counting down two weeks from today. Today! I'm recording this Monday, May 17th. I'm off to Costa Rica. Today's episode is making the offer and my Costa Rica countdown. This whole thing with making the offer came out, came about, I should say, um, because of a couple offers I've made recently that have done really well. And, you know, I just realized that making the offer does not have to be difficult. I spent way too long making this a much bigger deal than it needs to be. And I'm going to guess I would say assume, but you know what they say about assuming, but I'll, oh, sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys, I swear I'm excited like a five-year-old. It's a little bit nutty, but anyway, uh, you know, I, I'm assuming I'm not the only one that has done this or gone through this in terms of, sorry, I was just adjusting things. This is what happens when you're stuck in a corner at your dad's house in a bedroom. Anyway, um, it's really, I, I just, I really want to go over talking about how to make an offer, what it looks like, and how to simplify the process. But first, we, we just, we have to talk about Costa Rica because I'm kind of tripping out. I literally, you guys, it's like, holy moly. Um, it's, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking two weeks from today, I'm going to be on a plane. I'm gonna, going to be, welcome to my grammar, but yeah, I just, I made this decision, what, three months ago now? And it has been go time ever since. First, I had to deal with getting out of Boise, which was a ton of work, all doable. Uh, and that took me through the end of March. And I have been down in Northern California for six weeks since leaving Boise. And man, the time has flown by. I've been doing this countdown. People are prob- probably ready for me to be there as well because they're tired to see my countdown every week on Facebook. But I don't care. I'm having fun. After selling, donating, and dumping as much stuff as possible in Boise, because I literally got rid of as much as I possibly could, uh, I still got a, I still have a storage unit here by my dad's house, which is where I'm staying. And when I got down here, I actually had two units because I, when I moved up to Boise, I had condensed and put stuff in a smaller unit. But then coming back, I had brought some furniture back for my son. And so I knew I needed a bigger unit. So I had one month where I was paying for two and I was like, this is not going to do anyways. And I found a unit closer and like 40 bucks cheaper per month. So that was fun. I did that like two weeks ago, condensing storage, I swear. And here's the, here's the wild thing and bear with me again, allergies. If I'm, you know, rough McGruff. I keep opening with it, with the moisture in the air in Costa Rica that, um, I won't have any allergies, but anyway, um, I went through the smaller unit and when I was taking everything out, I, I made piles, right? Okay. This is donate. This is dumps. This is keep. And I was a little bit stunned at some of the stuff I kept. And it's amazing how freeing 
It is to one because I mean originally when I was leaving boys I'm like I'm gonna keep my bed because I bought a really nice new king bed and a one of those memory foam nectar mattresses that I freaking love I love memory foam mattresses but I was like why am I gonna pay to store this because a I I just I'm gonna have to move it again I, you know and it's like the after having paid movers which I'll never do again it's probably cheaper for the cost of me paying movers I could have gotten most of the furniture I moved. So just food for thought. Maybe you guys are like, that's cheap furniture, Kim. But the point being, when it's one person, you don't need a ton. Anyway, it was, you know, it was really fascinating to look at how much stuff I donated and dumped. I'm like, I don't need to keep this. I don't need to keep this. And but I think, you know, it is what it is. And I needed probably the mental space away from the first move to Boise because I don't know. There was so much that was a, uh, it's, it's nuts. You guys that I literally feel like a different person today than a year ago. Um, and we'll get into that in a minute, but, um, yeah, I just, <laughs> I'm going through my storage. I'm like, I have a handful of my daughter's stuff in my storage unit. <laughs> I'm like, uh, Brad, I've got your Christmas tree anyways. And <laughs> it's just funny stuff, but she's also kind of sentimental. So like I'm saving, I have like the baby cradle that my brother and sister and I slept in. It's a maple baby cradle. My kid slept in it. She wants it. And there was a high chair that was anyway. So it's like family heirloomy stuff and she wants to keep it. I'm like, okay, I'll start for you. Anyway, you know, for the most part, I mean, I'm still condensing and getting rid of more of my own things because I had some stuff at my dad's in the garage and I'm like, I just, I don't need to keep this stuff. So pretty much I'd be content to only hold on to photos Probably some Christmas decor. I've had decor for every holiday. For those of you out there in the United States, I used to work for Home Goods. So, needless to say, I had first pick <laughs> kind of at holiday decor. Um, and I was super, super into it. And my guess is I'll be coming to California for holidays versus hosting for the next few, however long. I don't know. We'll see. I just have a really good feeling about Costa Rica. So, and I'd like to stay somewhere for a while. I've only done this. I don't know how people moved around all the time, like military families or people that have to move for work all the time. I think I'd go B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Yeah, I'd go bananas. I'm not going <laughs> to sing at you. But anyway, oh, goodness. So long story short, it's been squirrely. I have gone down to the Bay Area twice so I could see people and take care of a few things. And it's like, all of a sudden, holy moly, here I am. I was just down for four days and I'll, I'll tell you what, <laughs> and I know there are people listening to this that are in countries that have been on lockdown a lot longer or haven't had a chance to see people. I don't know about you, you know, last year was so good for me in so many ways and <clears throat> I just, I needed that year for myself. I'm going to get into that a little bit more, but um, it, it it was so much fun to be with people again, truly. I mean, even some of it was hard. I had, we have a dear family friend that was my mom's best friend who passed away last fall. I was very close to her. Like I would go down and stay with her and she got me into watercolors. Well, she passed away. It was just, ugh. And so I went and spent some time with her daughters and I had an evening with my girlfriends and these are my friends from high school, some from elementary school. So we go way back and I'm just having so much fun and I am trying to stay so present and simply enjoy the moment. And 
I feel I as skadooshy as this might sound, you know, hashtag blessed. I've got so many amazing people in my life I'm truly grateful for. And the closer this move gets, the more emotions I'm experiencing. The majority of what I'm feeling is pure excitement, <laughs> truly. You know, I, like I said, I feel like the, the examples I've been giving people is one, like a little kid waiting for Christmas, or <laughs> this is kind of my energy level right now, you guys, is, you know, um, like when a little kid gets new tennis shoes, they're like, look how fast I can run in my shoes. <laughs> That's totally how I feel. Like I'll be out because I've been, the other thing. I'm like, I'm really ready to be in Costa Rica so I can stop buying stuff because I've been trying to, what do I need? What do I need? What do I need? And just being up in Boise and not really needing to be social less. I just didn't, I don't have a lot of summer stuff. So, you know, I'll be checking out at a store and they're like, oh, how you doing? How's your day going? I'm like, great. I'm moving to Costa Rica in three weeks. <laughs> and part of me is like, Kim, what are you doing? And then the other part of me realizes the joy and fun like people just oh my gosh that's so exciting and, da, da, da. and one gal it was really funny i think it was at old navy i was getting tank tops or something and so they do their spiel when you go to check out and it was oh you know you can save this much money for getting an old navy credit card i'm like actually i can't use it because i'm moving to costa rica and that won't do me any good and she goes that is the best reason i have heard yet <laughs> and so I just want to, I'm sharing this with you, not to show you what a goofball I am, but it's amazing how quickly and easily it is to connect with people when you come from a place of joy and happiness. And yeah, this is very exciting. I get it. But there are a lot of things that we can be happy about and joyful about on a day-to-day basis. And it's, I don't know, it really is a little bit nutty, but I just don't care because not only is this a huge move for me in terms of, oh my gosh, I'm moving to another country that I've never been to, but it signals the beginning of an entirely new chapter in my life. And like I was saying earlier, as strange as 2020 was, it really was exactly what I needed. I just, I needed that year to myself after losing my mom to heal, to rest and have some quiet. My son had come with me for a couple months, but then after that, I don't know. And no offense to any fellows listening, but I think every woman should get a chance to live on her own by herself and just take care of herself once in a blue moon. If you can, great. And if not, at least make sure you you know how gold that time is to yourself. And so, you know, I had moved to Idaho as a first step to seeing if I could live out of California. I was born and raised in the Bay Area. I was born in San Francisco, raised in Northern California. All my family are here lifelong friendships are here. And, you know, in many ways, uh, I don't know, I probably have said this before, but in many ways, my mom's passing the gift from her was the freedom to do this. Cause I don't know if it would be as easy to do. And my dad is awesome. I adore him. My mom and I had a different, just, you know, mother, daughter, a little bit different, but, um, I, I think it might be a little bit harder if she were here to be honest with you. And, I was totally open to Idaho being, you know, quote unquote home, but it was only meant to be a temporary move. And just to point this out, the only way to know that was by doing it. And I'm not saying you have to move to another country to figure something out necessarily, but that's how we get clear. It's not that this was or wasn't a good, bad, right, wrong, failure, any of that stuff. It was simply, okay, 
you know, it looked like it. But but the truth is, it felt a lot like a different city, same story, same story, different city. And it was, I mean, the house was darling, but it was a suburban track home. And I've done a lot of suburbia. And I don't know, I just, <laughs> I was not cut out for the cold and realized I was really craving a new experience, which is how I made kind of a last minute decision to move to Costa Rica. And my lease was set to renew. Uh, it was at the five week mark. And I just knew Idaho wasn't where I was going to be putting down roots. And it felt like, why on earth would you renew this lease? The rent was going up for a place you didn't want to stay in. And I was like, because initially I remember talking to my therapist and I'm like, there's no way I can get out of here in five weeks. Well, it's amazing what you can do when you want to. And I did. And I just thought, why not? I, I had been wanting to move out of the country and not, well, <laughs> I will say probably there were times where in the last few years it was like, oh my God, I need something. I need to get out of the country. This is definitely not a leaving as much as it's a moving towards, you know, it's not a moving away from, it's a moving towards just a new experience. And so I thought, okay, why not? And so within a week I gave notice and found my place in Costa Rica. It happened so serendipitously. I don't know that I've ever said that word out loud, but um, it was, it was effortless. It was serendipitous. And fast forward to today, again, I'm recording this on May 17th. I'm finalizing all of the details for my move. Guys, there are a lot of moving parts. Um, at this point, and I needed to do this, which is probably you guys are like, why are you sharing your to-do list, Kim? But at this point, I think I'm squared away with clothes, what I'm bringing, luggage, all that stuff. You know, tickets are bought, places found. I just need to get the dog's health certificates. They have appointments on the 28th. A lot of people have asked me if they have to quarantine. They do not. But I do need to, they have to go and get uh, an exam. And there's a certain type of certificate that not all vets are qualified to give because I was starting to call around and some places were like, oh, the, the exam was cheaper, but then they'd have to FedEx the paperwork. So I ended up going with somebody close that could do all in one. So I have to do that. I mean, in the dogs, just anybody listening to this who's interested in traveling with pets, because I have had, um, what you call it? I, I'm in a couple of Costa Rica Facebook groups and some people are asking about traveling with dogs and whatnot. Alaska Air, it's only $100 to bring each dog. However, they did have to be in a kennel and they will be in cargo, which on a side note, this is really fun. And I'm telling you, you guys always look, if you can do this, we are flying first class. They were only $200 more a ticket. And my daughter's coming with me for the first week and you get two free big bags. So if you think about, we're not having to pay for luggage. And so it's really only like a hundred dollars more. So it's a five and a half hour flight, hands down, totally worth it. But the dogs, I was kind of hoping because we're in first class, they could come in. But I think dogs have to be under 20 pounds. And mine are like 25 and 30 pounds. Probably less if I stopped giving them so many treats. But anyways, so buying their kennels, their cargo tickets, you know, the dogs are costing me probably $700 to bring, but I could not imagine. I mean, I probably could have left them with my dad, but that just would, no just didn't want to do it. So dogs, health certificates. I also have to buy medical travel insurance, which is now required because of COVID that covers the, the time and 
the time that you're staying. And it's weird because there's a couple places and the prices keep going. I'm like, Kim, you got to get this because I have to buy it for 90 days at a time because technically in Costa Rica, you don't, it's not a visa. You just go over as a tourist, but you do have to leave the country at 90 days. So I will be doing border runs up to Nicaragua and back. It's a regular thing. People do it all the time. My daughter only needs it for, you know, the eight days she's with me. And so I have to buy that. And apparently they, Costa Rica is trying to pass a digital nomad visa because they realize that with COVID, they think the economy may not really recover. It's a big tourist economy may not recover till like 2023. And it could really boost their economy to allow people who can work remote to come into the country and not have to do the border hopping. So anyways, hope maybe I only have to do one border hop. We'll see. I still have to transfer my car registration back to California and a smog check. And then get this. I also have to buy a flight that shows that I'm leaving the country. Like I can't come into the country without an exit flight. And what I'll do is buy it the day before and make sure I can get a 24 hour, like I'll get a refund within a 24 hour refundable flight. So, and this is all just, you know, I have been digging into these groups. I'm on a WhatsApp thread now and, and trying to follow what everybody else is saying and doing. So, oh boy, what else? It's probably not exciting for you guys to hear about this, but I, you know, it helps me to repeat it. So thanks for that. What else have I done? I bought a new laptop. I bought a light ring because I don't know what the lighting situation's like in my place. And, you know, I have to do more video in Costa Rica. That's a big commitment for myself. So needless to say, I will be traveling with four suitcases, two dogs, a 27 inch iMac box. I don't know if I can get the light ring in the box. They may be attached. We'll see. So, I mean, in a suitcase. So needless to say, it's a little bit nutty. And I will be sharing my journey living and working in Costa Rica on a new site. It is called puravidajourney.com, P-U-R-A-V-I-D-A journey.com. And if you're not familiar with that saying in Costa Rica, pura vida means pure life or simple life. So I was kind of surprised the domain was available. I feel like I should go buy a bunch of pura vida domains. So don't go do that. <laughs> um, and I'm thinking, you know, I think I'll do a newsletter that sends updates. I don't know if they'll be weekly or bi-weekly initially. Just, I got it. Once I get into a rhythm down there, um, we'll see. But and I'm thinking, I'm really leaning towards doing this um, is doing a podcast where I interview other digital nomads or entrepreneurs who are living in Costa Rica. And not only does it sound fun, because I'm curious, and I just, I love hearing those stories. Excuse me. Um, but it's also kind of a great way. I feel like it's like a cheat to meet like minded people. And I will say this, you guys, I'm so sorry if I've mentioned some of this before. I've been doing this a lot lately because my brain's kind of on overload. So I'm repeating myself quite a bit. So either way, you can go to puravitajourney.com and just sign up for updates. I I have no intention at this juncture, I never say never, of monetizing that. It's really more about me documenting the journey and sharing my experiences. So want to have some fun and I'll post photos there. And all my photos will be, I'm not starting new social channels. It's all just going to be under my current profiles under Kim Doyle, but um, it should be pretty fun. So we will see about that. All right, let's jump into making offers. <coughs> Excuse me, man. If only I had understood this sooner. Uh, most people don't fail online because they don't have the skill set or something valuable to offer, meaning they don't have a solution to someone's problem. 
they fail because they're not making enough offers and or they're not making the right offers, which I know seems like a bit of a catch-22. And when I talk about making the right offers, actually, I'm going to go off script here because I never do that and give you a perfect example of this where a friend of mine, and I'm not going to give her name or oh, let's see how I can do this. Okay, Well, let's just be, I'll be kind of cryptic and do the best I can. So a friend of mine um, is a designer and she does, it's not Jody, um, and she does Canva templates and she had showed me, she said, hey, can can I show you something I did for somebody for something? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So she showed me this template. I was like, oh my God, can you do a version of like that? I said, I love it. It looks great. A version of like that for courses. So meaning when you're putting together a course and you're making an offer, I said, could you do one? Instead of like just multiple images, it was like, you've got a computer image, you've got a PDF, you've got a video. So it shows it's that perceived value of in my course, which I know tends to, this is a feature, not a benefit, but there is this, there's something psychological that happens here. When you show someone, look, you're getting five worksheets, a PDF, six videos, right? Again, you don't have to go into that because the benefit of that stuff is what they're going to gain from it. It's not, those are features, but having that visual of what's included in the course looks awesome. So I'm like, oh my gosh, could you do this for courses? She's like, absolutely. I'm like, please do it. Please do it. I will sell the bucket out of it. So first of all, I'm just telling you this right now because I've done, um, last summer I did List Explosion, which I'll probably release again this summer. And I have a newsletter course coming out. And so I go in and it's like, I've got the worksheets and I'll do screenshots of the worksheets. But I'm like, oh, but they're going to get live calls and video on how do we show that side of things, right? Without just listing. Nobody wants to read a big list. And there is something about that. So basically, I'm telling her as a customer, would you make this? Because I'll buy it and I'll help you sell it, right? That solves a problem I have. And I'm not saying just because I have a problem. This feels so egotistical. Because I have a problem, other people do. But my audience tends to be where I was, say, four or five years ago in my business is kind of where the people that I'm able to help the most, I should say. You know, so right there, I'm like, do this, do this. I want this and I think my audience will want it and we can easily sell it. So the thing is, you have to put an offer out there to see if it's the right offer. And if it's not the right offer, like, what do you what do you take from that? How do you know it's not the right offer besides the fact that it didn't sell? Because I know that sounds like an obvious, it may not have sold, but maybe it's not the product. Maybe it's the name. Maybe it's the copy. Maybe it's the time. You know, there's so many factors in there. So you have to be willing to, I think this is where I know for myself, this is where I would get deflated. I'd have this great idea. And I think the offer probably was right, but it was either the approach or the copy or how it was presented that didn't resonate. Not to mention, I used to be horrible. I was trying to think of a movie, somebody that said horrible, but I couldn't think of anything fun. Anyway, but I it, I was horrible at marketing my own stuff. It really was. I was like, let me, let me show you how to do this. Let me show you how to do that. Let me make free content. Let me show up. Let me show up. Let me show up. Showing up also means selling. You guys, we're in business. We need to make offers. When the offer solves a problem, total integrity. 
So I have really fallen in love with testing things as a paid offer, getting feedback and validation, and then you fine tune it as a higher priced offer. So I recently did this with two offers and I want to walk you through how I did it. And my hope that as you're listening to this, you think about your business and where you could do something similar. And I'm telling you, a lot of this also for me has come from getting feedback, which we're going to get into this. So the first offer was the content promotion code for the content creators planner. And this workshop is still up for sale. You can get it as a one-off on-demand workshop. So Jody and I have known for a long time that we needed a little higher priced offer on the back end of our funnel. And also simply to offer this to our customers because our customers have a hard time. Okay, so the content creators planner helps them with their strategy and framework for content marketing and what to create and how to go about doing it. But once you've created it, yes, the the, the planner incorporates creating micro content and sharing it. But <clears throat> this is a little bit different. We know people get stuck. So we know that content promotion is something most people struggle with, yours truly included. I know exactly how to do it. For me, it tends to be a matter of taking the time to do it. Now, there are other people that have both challenges or one or the other, or they know what to do. They don't have the time. They don't know what to do, but they do have the time. So the idea behind this workshop was to show people how to create a 30-day campaign for one piece of content and get results, as opposed to pushing out so much new content all the time but then you don't promote it enough. So nothing ever really gains traction. And here's the interesting piece of this is that you don't know, like, let's say you give something the 30 days that we did in this, right? Like you create a 30 day campaign and you take a tool like CoSchedule and Missing Letter where you can automate pushing some of that content out. So there's 15 days right there, right? You could really cover that just with your automation tools. (coughs) Excuse me. And then... The other 15 days you test and you natively post on the platforms, which I think I don't have specific data for you on this, but most people that, that do social media for a living for clients have confirmed this. That when you post natively to Instagram or you post natively using, using, did I just say using? I did. Using creator studio for Facebook and Instagram you're going to get a better reach. Same thing, Twitter, go onto Twitter as opposed to using CoSchedule to push a tweet out. If you go onto Twitter and post natively on Twitter, you're probably going to get more reach because the platforms want you to use them, right? So, and that was all point of this. Here's, here's the crazy thing. All it takes is one or two pieces of content that you've shared Let's say you decided I'm going to like this podcast episode. Let's take the podcast episode as an example. And let's say I turn this into a 30 day campaign. And then I happen to go in and make a, um, like a, a thread of tweets, right? Like three, four tweets, all in a nested thread where I'm kind of sharing the bullets of this post. What if that is the thing that gets put in front of somebody else that says, Oh my God, I need this. I'm going to share it with my audience. Do you know what I'm saying? So give, Give your content more of a chance, which is what the content promotion code was all about. So we have a structure for this and I could have gone deep into a course. And I remember, I remember, why am I talking like such, I'm just too excited, you guys. I'm sorry. I feel like a numpty, but the words are just going to be what they're going to be today. Jody and I were talking about this as we were doing this and 
She's like, what about just doing a full course? And I said, you know what? I'm so game to do a full course, but I wanted to do a live workshop where we went through the framework with people so we could get feedback and see where they wanted more or less help, as well as getting clarity on sticking points. And there's something about when people tell you, I want to see this done, or I'd like to see a visual map of this, then you know. And you may have one or two people tell you that. That doesn't mean that's the end-all be-all, but you know your product your and your audience and and the value you can bring. So even if, let's say you get 10 people giving you feedback, and six of those are so solid, you think, oh, this is great. I can use this to increase the value of the offer. I can use what they've said, the questions they asked in my copy. I can use that as a subject line. How do I take that and go a little bit deeper? So there is so much value in doing it with people. And trust me, I am all about evergreen and automation. I love that stuff. But the truth is, the marketplace is changing. And I do believe I shared this, uh, I don't know how many podcast episodes back where I was talking about cohort-based courses. And this was Tiago Forte. He was on Nathan Berry's podcast. And they were talking about this. And a cohort-based course is kind of how courses were done way before everybody decided they needed to create, you know, push-button money machines with stuff. But where you go through the course together, where you get a group of people to go through the course, you're doing it live, you're instructing it live. And that's not scalable. I, I I truly understand that, you guys. But I do think when you're creating something, when you can create that relationship with your audience, it is so much more valuable long-term when you get the feedback. And then you come back and say, okay, guys, you, you had a problem with this. So here's a great example. With the content promotion code, they said, I asked them, what would be most helpful? They said, I'd love to see you do this from start to finish with the post. I said, okay, give me a couple of weeks. So I will take a post. And I haven't even decided how I'm going to share it with them. It may literally be a Loom video where I say, here's what I scheduled using Missing's letter and co-schedule. Here's 15 posts that I'm just using rough numbers. Now for the other 15 days, I'm going to say, I'm going to show them. I went in and made an audiogram and headliner. I went in and did, did a Twitter thread. I went in and I took the headliner and I also resized it and I put it on YouTube. So one, two, three, there's three more pieces of content. So I may keep it super, super simple, you guys. I'm not worried about, in this workshop right now, it's on demand. You buy it and you get taken to a private page on the site with access to the workshop. Oh, and I did do uh, a PDF and some worksheets and stuff to go with it. So super, super simple. I'm not using courseware. I didn't, and we have Thinkific and I'm not going into any of that. So to do this next piece, I'm not wasting time getting caught up in a tech stack and how can I make this all perfect? No, these are people that showed up and already paid who, by the way, we also told them, um, we off. So let me, let me tell you a little bit more about the offer itself. We offered the workshop for $97. It was a 90 minute workshop. And like I said, you can still purchase it. And we're going to turn it into a five-module five course where the price will go up. And the five modules are based on the five points I covered. So I'll go deeper into each of those, right? So essentially, I already have the whole five-module course more or less mapped out, outlined. And now I need to go in and write lessons and record and whatnot. Um, But as a bonus, you know, we're going to give everyone who took the one-off workshop the five-module course for free, the people who showed up live. In exchange for feedback, 
and a simple way of saying, thanks. This is the first time we offered it. We appreciate this. And I'm not saying you have to do that. It just felt in alignment for me. And that's what I wanted to do. And Jody was on board with it. All we did to promote this was send a handful of emails to our list. I think I emailed my Kim Doyle list once and we probably emailed the content creators list four or five times. Maybe you guys, none of the, it was, it was very low key. It wasn't a huge launch by any means, but you know, it was a few thousand bucks and that was so worth it to get paid, to get the feedback, to create the framework, to create the structure. It, you know, it brought in revenue. It gave us another touch point with our audience because let's see, the planner is now a little over two years <clears throat> and the last year was just nuts. And as we went up and down with ads and ad agencies and whatnot, we both got a little burnt, truth be told, both got a little bit burnt. Jody, I'm speaking for both of us. And kind of we're like, all right, let's turn the hands off. Let's take a step back. Let's regroup because we have version two we want to do. And weren't really sure what that looks like. And I'm going to go ahead and share something totally off script here too. Um, this is the magic of what happens when you show up. Okay. This is a fun story. And I teased this in an email, which is why you need to be on my list. If you're not, I tease this in an email. So there's no hiding the fact that I am a huge fan of conversion AI. If you're listening to this, you can try it for free. Kimdoyle.com forward slash conversion AI, all one word. Yes, it's an affiliate link. I love, love, love this tool. And I know there's some people that don't like AI writing. I think as long as you know your product and, uh, excuse me, your product, but you know what you're writing about. It's your topic that. It is such, it's an amazing tool to go in and create long form blog posts and copy and copy framework and ads. I just, I, I love it. I love the community. I love the whole thing. Anyway, so I've been pretty active in their Facebook group from day one, asked a couple of questions and then, oh my God, I just have remembered something. Um, so this is, this is how serendipitous stuff happens. There's that word again, when you build relationships with people. So I emailed the content creators planner list, CCP. I'm just going to say CCP and you guys need to know what I'm talking about. So I emailed our list about conversion AI. I had been emailing Kim Doyle. I think I'd put conversion AI in a couple newsletters. And so I emailed it. And then next thing you know, one of our customers posts in the conversion AI group. Oh my God, it was so fun today to see my favorite planner, the content creators planner. She tagged us talking about my new favorite tool, conversion AI, where are my content creator peeps at in this group or whatever. And then I had some people I know like, oh, I love Campbell, just jumping in and being fun. We love the planner. And then Chris Hull, who is one of the founders uh, of conversion AI said, oh, we love Kim too. Uh, Kim, maybe we could do a, a masterclass on this together. And I was like, sweet. So going back and forth, I'm like, oh my God, great opportunity, fun, blah, blah, blah. Well, I've been, you know, <laughs> bugging Jody, use it, use it, use it. And it, it's fun. She just has been slammed. So then she digs in the conversion AI, falls in love with it. And this to me is such the testament of our brains. Jody caught something pretty important. It was a really good catch on her part is she was using the tool and looking at it and went through the terms of service because they're unlimited a plan. Unlimited. A, did you hear that? See what I'm doing with words today, you guys? I was on a live stream last Saturday 
was it Saturday or no week ago? And I said engageable instead of engaging. <laughs> oh my God. I think I need a nap. Anyway. So Jody was going through the terms, terms of service and said, you know, that she had a lot of, when she was working on client sites, if they were providing content that they often had to sign an NDA and in the terms of service conversion AI, there was, um, clause, a statement, I don't know what you call it, that said, sorry, I just caught one of my dogs outside the window going by me, um, but that said that Conversion AI owns the rights to use any content created with their tool as they see fit. And it was like, what? So she posted it very politely, just questioning in the Facebook group. And it was really funny because somebody posted a GIF of like somebody eating popcorn to watch to see if sort of a shit show exploded. But these guys are so awesome. So Conversion AI, Dave Rosenmonger, uh, one of the founders, said, you know what? That's a boilerplate terms of service. That's a great catch. No, we don't want to own anyone's content. We don't want people to feel that way. He starts messaging Jody. They go back and forth. Long story short, or maybe, I don't know if it's short, but we are in talks about collaborating on a custom planner for content, uh, for conversion AI's customers, as well as our version two, having some sort of like, we'll probably just create one and we'll do a custom cover for them. And we'll do our own cover for us where we incorporate the use of conversion AI's templates and how you can do it. So we take our framework and strategy and planning tool and we use their creation tool. You guys, this is freaking huge. Like this, I, this just happened last Friday, 13, 14, 15th, 14th, the 14th. Sorry, I'm doing, I'm trying to do math in my head and I can't, um, it literally just happened. And so, you know, uh, Jody was talking with Dave and said, I was moving to Costa Rica, but we're going to start talking this week because we want to get version two out. They will promote it. It's going to be a collaboration effort. I, I couldn't have imagined or picked something that would make me more giddy. I love these guys. I love the tool. I love the community. I'm I'm beside myself. All of that came down to the fact that we were engaging, having conversations with people. And all I could think about was, holy moly, girl, the content creators planner was literally an idea in my brain in the spring of 2018. And now look at what's happened. I mean, we've sold over 10,000 of it. I mean, it's just nuts. You don't know. But we put the offer out there, boom, right? So that was my long segue attempt at also tying that into making offers. All right. The second offer was is a recent offer that I have made to my list, and I will be emailing CCP this week to fill the final spots. It's called Email Insiders VIP. I have a new newsletter coming out around email marketing uh, that I am collaborating with my daughter now. And But with this, like I made this decision under Kim Doyle to pivot to focusing on email marketing and newsletters and all the content marketing stuff will be under CCP. So since making that decision, I've been trying to understand where people struggle and what their challenges are. And I am still in this deep love affair with both email and newsletters. It's funny, you guys, I, I enjoyed writing like in college and stuff, but it wasn't until doing this business. And honestly, It wasn't until I launched the podcast, which was 2013, it's been eight years now, but where I needed to write out my show notes first for these solo episodes, (laughs) you guys are probably like, 
uh, really, you have some sort of format you're following. I go off script all the time. But because of that, I knew I needed to write it out. And so I fell in love with writing in my own voice and sharing and getting better at the craft of writing, which is wh- how I fell in love with email and newsletters. And I just think the opportunities are huge. So I I knew where my challenges and struggles were, but I really want to understand where other people get stuck. And I've heard from day one, you guys, I started this business in 2008. The money's in the list. The money's in the list. And you hear that, but nobody really explains how and why to do that. And I'm sure there is, but I, at the time, at least for me, what I always came across was like kind of this BS build a list where you just, you know, and I'm using the term spam lightly, you guys, but you know, I don't know if you're familiar with the term JB swaps. It was basically, you could go into a site and say, who has a list of digital marketers that would be interested in my lead magnet? And then people would just, just do this back and forth. I'll email my list, you email your list. Well, like I said, the market has matured and I think people want quality. They want connection. And there's always going to be newbies who are like, wow, this solves my problems. And you know what? Some of those lead magnets are phenomenal. Some of them are PLR garbage. And some of them you're like, this is a checklist that I already have, you know, but whatever. That's how we learn. Either way. Uh, it, it's just, I heard that the money's in the list. I just didn't do with it. So when I started, I signed up with, signed up with an email service provider. You guys, I think my first one was one shopping cart and talk about dropping the ball. You guys, they had a big presence back in 2008. Most of you probably haven't even heard of them, right? Who's one shopping cart? Um, and then I had moved to a Weber and have hopped all over the place, right? I I love ConvertKit. I use that for Kim Doyle. We use Active Campaign for CCP. Um, but the problem, you know, was okay, I set up an opt-in and I created a lead magnet and I started building my list, but I didn't really know what to email them, how often, or anything else after that. And you guys, I I like to keep it simple. Are there advanced automations and segmentation? Yep. Yep. All of that can be done. But I think when you get the fundamentals working, you'll figure out how much more ninja you want to go, how much more segmentation. And I think there are important things to do from a user experience point of, there's two sides. As an example, there's a, like I've heard Russell Brunson say, I don't care if people have purchased the book. I'm not going to go to the trouble and he doesn't say it like, I don't care, but he said, no, it's, it's okay to email people as an example, his email, uh, expert secrets book, right? He's like, yeah, the customer may have it, but they're constantly promoting it. They have certain funnels that they run. And he said, you know, maybe getting an email about the book is just going to remind them to read the book and implement what's in the book, you know? And then there are other schools of thought that say, if someone's already purchased it, why would you email them again? So I, I see both sides, quite frankly. And I'm not going to give you a definitive opinion on that because I think you need to trust your gut and know your audience and see what works for you. I also know that if you're not emailing and you decide, okay, I'm going to make a commitment to put more time and energy into email marketing. I want to build a newsletter. I want to do regular broadcast emails. I want to create some automations when people sign up for certain things. But if you go into it from ground zero to jumping into segmentation and different paths. And then once they get this automation done, they move over here. You're going to lose your mind and it's never going to happen. Start. Period. Full stop. Just start. Okay. Anyway, you know, I basically half-assed my email marketing out of fear of doing it wrong or heaven forbid, offending. 
anyone who had signed up to hear from me. It's crazy. They voted to hear from me by giving me their name and email address. And we're literally our own worst enemies when it comes to growing our businesses. I, I really try not to think of all the money I left on the table by not emailing more often. And most importantly, emailing offers. It was like, oh, well, I haven't emailed in a while. I better just do this. And then, you know, I mean, you guys, I could be making six figures a year as an affiliate marketer just for solid tools that I used all my career since 2008. But whatever it is what it is, right? Um, my learning curve was long. I'm hoping that I can help people not have such a long learning curve. Um, but when you haven't been emailing and you decide to focus on it, and really you should because you guys, your email list is an asset. You build a list, a relationship, and then offer, then you offer them things that will solve problems. It's really not rocket science, right? But when you haven't been emailing and you decide to focus on it, the best way to find out how you can help your audience is to ask them. Novel idea. I know. Uh, You can also create content and share what you're doing with your audience. You'd be surprised how many people will let you know what you're doing resonates with them, or they'll send you questions. One of my favorite calls to action in an email is simply to say, hit reply and let me know, or hit reply and tell me if you've ever done this or thought this. Anyways, let me tell you what this offer specifically is. And I will definitely be doing this again. The price will be going up. It'll be more involved probably, but So I came up with a private group coaching offer. It's only two months and it's only 10 people. They all get a one-on-one onboarding with me. They get two group calls a month with training from me as well. It's not just going to be this, all right, let's just round robin, but they'll get a training and then we'll sort of do a round robin. There's going to be a live Q and A. And then we're also going to, they get unlimited Voxer access to me. If you're not familiar with Voxer, and I'm sorry if you guys can hear the dogs bark, a dog barking in the yard. My my dad lives like on an acre and on the other side of his fence, there are deer and squirrel and whatever all the time. Anyway, um, Voxer is an app where you, it's like a walkie talkie app where you can send a question. And then I'm just going to say, you know, you guys limit it to Monday through Friday. Ideally send me a message, give me 24 hours, but I'll respond. And, you know, I'll probably do some reviews and whatnot, but my goal with this pilot program, which I like more than beta. Uh, and I got that from Jody is to completely over deliver. I want people to get results. I want people to make connections. And I'm also on this mission to bring back solid joint venture partnerships. There's no reason. I think with paid traffic, obviously it's not going anywhere. It's a little bit of an upheaval right now with the iOS update to Facebook, uh, to Apple and Facebook's, all that kind of stuff, privacy. And there's always going to be new ad products. But the thing is, you know, you, you grow your business with people. Stop to think about what's going to happen to our list when we put something out there with conversion AI. So not only will we make sales, probably a chunk of sales, but we will have this collaboration, a friendship, and then our authority factor goes up, right? Because of who we're partnering with. So people are what are going to make your business grow. Paid traffic is gold. I friggin' love it. We got amazing results from it, but it's volatile. You don't, and you don't control it. You can control how many people you connect with and support and build relationships with. And you can do this as big or as little as you want. But the bottom line is you need to build an email list of people that you can serve and solve problems for. So, uh, like I said, my goal is to over deliver. Um, I want them to get results, make connections. I want them to feel good about email marketing and start doing the work. There comes this point 
where you can only mind map and plan for so long. You have to pull the trigger and put something out there. I'm going to ask these 10 people for as much feedback as possible. And, you know, if I have to take an extra call and do email reviews as well, I'm all in. I'm super excited about saying, send me your emails, share your Google Docs with me. What do you want me to look at? And and I've got swipe files of things that I've done. So how can I share what I've already created and what I've already used and talk them through how I've done it? So the whole point of this program was so that I could personally work with people and go deeper. So again, I'm looking at this as I'm getting paid to provide massive value and fine tune a new offer. So far, I've sent three emails and I have almost filled all 10 spots. Um, I have a couple calls this week and more emails to send. So if you're interested, just email me, kim at kimdoyle.com and say you're interested and we can have a call. And it's it's cheap, you guys. Like I charge $297 for one 90-minute coaching session. This is such a deal. And so my goal is to get as many people through this and get the feedback. Here's the other thing with this offer and the point of making offers. It's given me massive validation. I know email marketing is a pain point because I've been there. Like I said, this is where I was in my business four or five years back. And that's where many of the people that I serve are kind of where I was back then, you know, and I heard over and over to put offers out there before you had a product pre-sales, right? I actually am going to be doing my first ever pre-sale for a newsletter course once I'm settled in Costa Rica. Um, Obviously, these aren't things I pulled out of left field. They're things that I've been working on and I know inside and out. I had both of these offers outlined and completely mapped out. But more importantly, I do have the skill set to make the offer. But that's for another conversation entirely, right? Like, I know nobody in my audience buys a course and then says, hey, I'll go teach this now too. We get results first. But I was so hesitant to do any of that stuff. You know, so the big piece with this is getting your mindset right before you make an offer to your audience. This is probably the most important thing you can do. As long as you're coming from a place of integrity and a true desire to help people get results, most people are going to love being a part of a pilot or beta program. And, you know, for me, this is just my personality, but it's like they all become friends. When I do small groups, it's like, how can I support you and serve you? And at the same time, I put this out. I'm just all over the place today. I hope you've enjoyed this. But <laughs> in one of my F the Hustle newsletters, which if you're not subscribed to, go to kimdoyle.com forward slash F, the letter F, F the Hustle. It's my newsletter, weekly newsletter. I specifically said, you guys, I might be able to help you. Is there an opportunity? How can I support you? One person got back to me and he said, you said to reply. So here I'm taking you up on it. We set up a call. He's got a productized service around video repurposing for content. And I'm like, this is brilliant. So what up, Jordan, if you're listening? Um, and I think I talked about him on another episode recently, but it's, it's, Hey, he's got a solution that can solve a problem for my audience. I don't need to be an affiliate. Can I be anytime? Yeah, I run with it, but it's not requirement. And if I can help somebody get a lift up, then that's a relationship I probably have from life, right? And I'm not doing it because I can get something in the long run. It's just karma and good people operate that way. So, you know, all that said, you want to make sure you have a few things in place before you put any offers out there, even if it's a beta pilot program that you've never done. You need to know your audience and the problems they have. You need to know how to solve those problems. 
You need to have a relationship with your audience. You need to be willing to be open and transparent about the process. And you need to be committed to getting people results, not selling your offer. So I am going to do everything in my power to because I've got a handful of people who are starting at ground zero. So I'm like, let's get these lists kicked off. Let's get these lists kicked off. And my point in talking about um, uh, relationships also is, you know, with each of these people, I keep thinking, oh, oh, this I should connect this person with this person. Or I know somebody else who I could connect here. Oh, we should tie, connect you to this company because maybe you could do a sponsorship or it's, it's nuts. I've been in this space long enough that I've got a decent enough network that if there's a um, win-win for two people I know, I love making those introductions. So anyway, you guys, I hope from this, this point, you understand you have to make the offer. It does not have to be, don't, and I'll tell you what, going from zero to launch is a lot. There's so many things you can do in between to earn revenue, which gives you momentum that gets you excited, that then creates true fans. Like it's, it's okay to work your way there. You don't have to go from zero to a million, you know? And I feel like we, with digital marketing anyway, it's definitely a space where you hear about six figure launches, seven figure launches. And it's a little bit like, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to get there? I don't have a list or my list is 300 people or I'm starting from scratch. I can't even wrap my head around that. So there are ways to do this. So both of these offers have given me massive proof that the pivot in my business, meaning focusing on email and newsletters for Kim Doyle and content marketing for CCP was spot on. And bottom line is I'm super excited about where this is going to lead me. And, and knowing myself, it's going to be a lot easier to over deliver without real intense structure. Don't get me wrong. We'll have structured calls and whatnot. But the fact is I want to pull as much out of them as I give, meaning where do you struggle? What are your problems? All of those things. So I'm just, I'm just really excited about doing this and seeing how it goes And then how can I make it better? And then seeing who can I connect and how can we take this to the next level? And which is such a trite saying, but you know, trite saying stick around for a reason, right? Woo! Anyways, thanks for joining me on today's episode. And again, if you are interested in email insiders, VIP, just email me, Kim at KimDoyle.com. And we'll see if we have any spots left. Like I said, I have a few more calls this week and I haven't even emailed uh, the CCP list yet, but um, I want to keep this small so that we can really dig in and I can personally work with you. That's my goal with this is to personally work with people. Uh, If you've not left a review in iTunes, I'd love it. A couple other links to share with you. Don't forget to go to kimdoyle.com forward slash F the hustle for the newsletter or which means I, well, I have a landing page already for Pure Vita, but it's purevitajourney.com if you want to follow the journey to Costa Rica. Oh my God. I can't believe it. It's almost four o'clock. We'll almost be landing in Costa Rica on Monday, May 31st. What the bucket. Anyway, you guys are awesome. I love you. Thanks as always for listening and I will catch you next time.